Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, thinking about starting a small business? Perhaps selling a product with a catchy name like Pussy Pillow, and maybe launching some t-shirts with a podcast on the side? How do you make your small business successful? Professor Michael Chaslow, director and founder of the Small Business Clinic at the USC Gould School of Law, is here to steer us into the black. Plus, more of your short descriptions of our show and how to really grow a lemon tree from a single seed. We hope you'll stay tuned to find out how mighty oaks from little acorns grow. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to budget our podcast conversations on a coherent topical spreadsheet. And now, please welcome the woman for whom every conversational blueprint is just a scratching pole to be ripped to shreds, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. So nice to be here yet again. It's nice to have you here, Paula. I I fixed up the place for you. Oh, it's nice. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And also, a big thank you to tonight's house band guitarist, Kelly Phelan. Is it Phelan? Nice job, Kelly. It's Phelan. Phelan. Kelly, that's great. Welcome aboard. Paula, now, uh, you just traveled through LAX, I'm told. LAX has has made some improvements. They say. They have. I've, I was through there just a couple of weeks ago. After months and months of big boarded up sections with pardon our construction, we're making improvements, signs. Hudson News stores packed with chips, tacky keychains, magazines telling us that Jennifer Aniston has finally found love. Wow. Have been replaced by Heart LA stores. What? Packed with chips, tacky keychains. Tacky, it's easy for you to say. Yogurt-covered pretzels and magazines telling us that Jennifer Aniston dumped that evil bastard and is going it alone. Is that a baby bump? <laughs> so wait, I, I didn't know. I, the last time I was there was just a couple of weeks ago, and there was Hudson News was still very much in effect. One of the things that was boarded up for a long time, and then they opened you know, to great oohs and ahs and surprise, is honest to God, a makeup store. Now, I'm there at the airport very early. Makeup store that opens at like 6 a.m. Okay. You know, so that everyone who does all their makeup shopping while they're traveling at 6 a.m. I mean, it can't even be cost-effective, I would think, and we'll find out from our small businessman. But uh, I don't even see how it's cost-effective to have the store open 
at, at 6 a.m.? Yeah. I, assumingly, you have one employee there yeah. who's not earning a ton. They're probably earning a little over minimum wage, but not a great amount. Well, so I don't know how much the, how expensive the. It could be that one lipstick and they're back in the black. Uh, yeah. And, and the other thing that they changed, and that, that that's happened over time, this right. thing where they've had things boarded up and then they're, well, ooh, look at that. Reconstruction most, is relatable for even our non-LA listeners. For most recently... What they've done is they change. It used to be that I uh, that Wendell picked me up, my assistant picked me up uh, at the curb outside of baggage claim, and now you go to the curb, and people can't pick you up at the curb anymore. Well, what do you but do they, at the curb then? Well, now they take you on a bus um, to a soccer field and shoot through, you <laughs> through a megaphone. You call out the names of, uh, friends and loved ones that you're looking for. They that's, give you a megaphone. Yeah. That's how they do it. Now. That doesn't sound like what they do. I'm sure that it is. Cause that's what happened to me. So you were, you were taken to a soccer like, field and given Wendell, a me- Wendell, 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 wow. Wendell. I'm looking for you. Looking for you, looking for you. It was like that. Well, that's, it was a, that's, like, that's a lonely pursuit. What was that pursuit? Jack Lemon movie? Uh, the apartment? Was it missing? <laughs> I don't know. Not the apartment. He didn't go to a soccer field in the apartment. I call, don't know. It's call been a while a since friend. I've seen it. Oh, you didn't see it? No, it's been a while since I've seen it. What? I've d- the apartment? Yeah, yeah, but I haven't seen the soccer field one. The, okay, but because he wasn't in a soccer field yeah. in the apartment. Well, the apartment is too small for one. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> a strange guess on your part. I was just, I was just trying to think yeah, of a Jack Lemon movie. Yeah. <laughs> was it the odd couple? It could have been. It could have been. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Well, they go to Central it was Park. called Missing, and I think it was Sissy Spacek and her husband. It's a South American country. I forget where. And, and the does husband Jack gets abducted. And at an airport and go to a soccer field and get a megaphone? They well, the, the husband has been, what do you call it, uh, you know, erased by the government. And, oh, okay. Um, so they do, they go to a soccer field where they've taken all these, the government has taken all these prisoners and they call out, you know. Okay, well, this has a been megaphone. a lovely detour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it good Well, movie? I just can't believe that you would confuse that with the apartment. I, I don't, just, I just said the first movie that came to my mind. I, right. I wasn't okay. confusing yeah. a movie I've never heard of with the apartment. You know, I didn't go to college, but uh, I imagine you did fairly well on the SATs. And did you just, the first thing that came to your mind, you wrote it down. Is that what they say you're supposed to do on the SATs? No, that's what they say in improv class. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but in improv, you're making shit up as you go along. In this case, we were looking for a specific answer. I'm going to ask you to let this go. <laughs> I... Adam, answer the phone. I'm... I don't want to answer the phone. Hold on. No. <laughs> Adam, answer the phone. Do I have to? Yes, you have to answer the phone. Hello? Yeah, hey Adam, it's me, Mike Boom Boom Bonifest. Man, you are right. It was, it, was the, it was the apartment. There was a soccer field. No, scene. it wasn't it the was, apartment, Mike. It was the apartment. It was, it was Shirley MacLaine. She was in a soccer field. She was no, tied up. Mike. And Jack Lemon had to get her. You're, you're so smart, man. Now, you are absolutely right. Mike. You say the first thing that comes to your head, that's the best way to do it, man, when you're trying to answer a question. <laughs> that's Christ, the best Mike. way to do it. Like, yeah. I got pulled over the other day, you know, and I said to the cop, hey, what, asshole? Because it was the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> Okay, Mike. Well, it's yeah, not always yeah. the best thing to do, especially yeah. if you're not no, attempting to count. No, it's the best count. 
you do, Adam? No. Say the first thing that come to your head. You know, the guy had me in handcuffs up against the car, and I said I, I said I was improvising. I was improvising. Fuck you, I was improvising. Mike, I think I gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam, yeah. don't go yet. I want to know if you want to go check out some chicks tonight. Chicks? Yeah, you want to go check out some chicks? Cause I, Mike, I've I never, all. I've never met you in person or hung out with you. I still don't even understand how you managed to call a podcast that is, in point of fact, pre-recorded. Uh, no, man, I love you. That's why I call you up. You know, I, you know, I'm gonna say something. All right. I know it's not really a dude thing to say to another dude that you love him, but man, I really do, Adam. I really love you, man. That's wow. why. That's why I want to go. I have a watering hole I like to go to, and there are some chicks there, and I'd like to go look at chicks with you. You want to go look at chicks with me, Adam? Absolutely not. Yeah, we can talk about the apartment and that scene with Jack Lemon and Chili McLean. Mike, I, I really want to hang up. Is there, is there anything that you called to say? Or... Yeah, that's what I called to say, man. I called to say. You were really right about that. And I can't believe she doesn't listen to you. She is such a bitch. Oh, hey now, Mike. Mike, I've told you many a time. My Paula Poundstone is a good friend of mine. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. You keep putting that. Yeah, that's out. Right, of, that's man, out of line. So it's cool. out of line, Mister. It's really nice of you to put up with her, man, because you were right. Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Just, just goodbye, Mike. I gotta go, Adam. I gotta right, go. Good I'll luck with that Trans Am. I'm not gonna see you tonight. Go look at chicks. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh, um, all right, Paula. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was Mike Boom Boom Boniface. Yeah. Uh, calling calling our show again. Yeah. Man, he really loves you. Uh, he, um, doesn't do, he doesn't do his last name the same way more than once. That's not true. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's Mike Boom Boom Bonifit. Bonifit. Yeah. That's what you hear all the time? Yeah. Because uh, to me, it just sounds well, like I he's... think he might have some sort of impediment. Yeah, I think um, so. You know, Adam, I, so I was listening to uh, the radio... People still do. Uh, I was listening to the radio the other day while I was driving, and there was a piece on there. You know, it was one of those, like, experiential radio programs where they go out, you know, in the into the field. Was it NPR? It was, Because yeah. usually, I, I mean, almost every field piece in NPR starts with the clanging of a cowbell and a, and a goat going, eh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was actually. I, I didn't hear the beginning of it, so I can't tell she you sort of what the purpose. I didn't hear the go. I can't tell you the purpose of what the whole thing was. But okay. it was a a guy that had gone out to uh, visit Dolly Parton. He was visiting Dolly Parton on on her uh, uh, land in uh, Tennessee. Um, and before I realized that's what he was doing, this was the first thing that I heard. First thing that I heard was, you know, I'm walking through, uh, you know, the moist leaves, and you could hear like. And then, uh, and then he said, "And there's a snake. There's a snake right there. There's a snake." And, uh, and then he goes, "Oh my God, there's a bear!" And then you hear Dolly Parton go, "Bears come through here all the time." Okay. And then it became clear that he was visiting. You know, then he went on to say that he was visiting Dolly Parton, and I just think she said, "We have lots of bears. They come through here all the time." And I just think, well, that's not safe. Dolly Parton is like a national treasure. She is. And we're leaving her out there in Tennessee with a bunch of bears. Well, we're not leaving her out it's here. Gonna She's be, chosen to live in Dollywood. It's going to be... Uh, Dollywood, is there What her, was that movie state? with Leonardo DiCaprio? The re- Oh, uh, it was... Um, Revelant? It was Catch Me If You Can. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't Catch Me. The one the with Revenant. the bears. The Revenant. Yeah, we're going to have like... <laughs> working nine to Revenant. We're going to... It's dangerous for Dolly Parton to be out there with bears. Um, you could call her and ask her to not do that. I, I mean, don't have her phone number. Well, she's a free woman. Uh, you know, she get if she wants to be out there with bears because she's comfortable out there with bears. She can be out there with bears. I just really worry about here you come. Ah! Right. I just really worry about well, her. Uh, presumably, she's been doing this for years. 
And as long I don't as know. She, and as long as she's in heels, hail, she'll be fine. I'm not like the NPR guy. I don't follow Dolly Parton everywhere, but it just really makes me uncomfortable to know that she's like, there's bears here all the time. Bears run through that here all the time. That does concern me because she can't do anything out of heels as far as I've heard. She doesn't. She doesn't know how what to do when a bear attacks. But you heard about the heels thing, right? No. Okay, she, I have a friend she, who toured with she her. She can't be out of heels. I was, That's I, absurd. I, I had a friend years ago who toured with her, and she explained to my friend that uh, you know all those years of wearing heels caused her calf uh, tendons to kind of like uh, contract, so she can't oh, and stand so now her without feet heels. Are always, she's like Barbie. She'd be like falling over backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but her feet are always her feet molded are always in, in in pump, pump oh position. Oh my god! You know what? I, I don't mean, know if that's true, but my friend told me that story. And is he, it a friend who's was he improvising? He wasn't was improvising. He, was he just? <laughs> he wasn't improvising. Was he just thinking of the first thing that came to his head, which uh. is that Dolly Parton has a foot deformity as a result of high heels? Yes. Um, I don't think high heels are good for you. you know? No, you I never mean, wear them. It, it does well. It does matter. No, I have. Um, I mean, I can barely balance in them, but it, you know, it does make for a slender calf. But yeah. I don't understand why we decided that that's a good idea. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, now, Paula, moving on, unless you have something more you want to say about Dolly other than your worry for her. I'm just worried. <laughs> Working nine to... Ah! Yeah. I'm worried. It's Jolene. Right. Jo- ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm worried. Uh, now, yeah. she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You. She wrote, that, did she, or is that the first thing she that wrote them you thought bo- of? No, it's, it's a fa- I think it's a factoid that I've, that I've heard somewhere. She wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You on the same day. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Boy, I've never had a productive day like that. Me neither. You know? You have a productive cough. I, I sift litter boxes four times a day when I'm at home, but that's not the same as writing Jolene and I will always well, love you. It takes a village. Yeah. You know, um, that must have been a day where there were no bears around. Or she was running from a bear. And that, that, and, it, and she thought, Jolene? Jo- yeah. How does the Jolene song go? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Couldn't have been that hard to write. Does, it, does our house band know how to play Jolene? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's just but I mean, if the whole song is Jolene, 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 Jolene. No, no, no. She's, then she she should have fit Jol- in a third song that day. Yeah, no, it's, there's more to it than that. It's, it's a woman done wrong. Um, now, uh, we like to own up to our mistakes on the show. Oh, yes. And we have a special department for that. Oops, we made a terrible mistake. We made a terrible mistake. It's, I, I still think we're challenged in the terms of naming departments, but that is a department. <laughs> and uh, we have an update for that department. We have? Yes, we do. We do. We have an oops, we made a terrible mistake. We have! Yes, we had Jim Hardy on the show. He's the director of park operations at Tree People. And he was concerned that when he was on, we hadn't explained accurately how difficult it is to grow a tree from a seed, specifically a lemon tree. So he sent a better explanation to Bonnie Burns. Now, I have a problem with that right there. What's that? Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns, uh, your manager, our producer, famously once um, spent 25 minutes on this podcast trying to explain how she didn't get his (laughs) song up on iTunes. Like, probably one of the world's worst explainers. So my my question is... Jim doesn't know that. Jim uh, Hardy, it, our tree expert Jim Hardy, doesn't know that. Because he sent this explanation to Bonnie. Yeah. And now we're somewhat obligated to do what I always dread doing, which is bringing her up to the mic to succinctly convey Jim Hardy's thoughts. All right. I think she can do it this time. I you really do. do. Bonnie's going to explain what Jim Hardy emailed her about how to grow a lemon tree from a seed. Okay. All right. Well, then, with no further ado, I'd like to welcome... Um, 
my my friend and my nemesis, Bonnie Burns, Captain Crinkle, to the show. Yes, and she's, there she is. Welcome, Bonnie. You can put down those chips. It's Destroying yet another bag of chips. <laughs> well, Jim only knows me in the manager capacity, and I'm right on target in that job. Yes, yeah, you're, yeah that's oh absolutely right. <laughs> there's, there's no better. Uh, yeah, you're, you're a great manager, she Bonnie. She is a great manager. Um, now, uh, so what did Jim tell you? Okay, so he... This is... You know, stop So you remember, Jim was on the show. I was just you looking at you. I wasn't already. even laughing. Jim no, was on the show, and uh, you asked a question about, about, do you have to be an idiot to try to plant a lemon tree? No, to try and grow a lemon tree from a lemon seed. Yeah. Which is the same as planting a lemon seed. But <laughs> anyway, exactly go, okay, go ahead. Okay, so then he sent an email, and he said, this is what I was kind of trying to say. Okay. And he said, oh, he said, this is what I was trying to get at. Okay. <laughs> There's a, Never mind. a hairline difference there, but yeah, okay. We're, 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 okay. We are we are splitting hairs in a lot of weird Let's ways. Let's not stickle over that. <laughs> I wasn't talking about planting a seed. I was talking about growing a tree from a seed that you plant. Okay. Lemon trees produced via seed are not carbon copies of the parent and may take five or more years to fruit. With the resulting fruit generally... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just listening, <laughs> we're taking listening in the to information. you. Just continue. <laughs> All right. This is defensive. <laughs> defensive, Captain Crinkle. Why are you looking at me like that? And She's... if I look away, why are you ignoring me? <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Of the parent may take five or more years to fruit, with the resulting fruit generally inferior to those of the parent. For that matter, your... Gr- the your resulting dog. fruit is inferior <laughs> to those of the parent? What was that? The resulting fruit <laughs> is inferior to the parent? Yeah. Wow. We've had that in our home. <laughs> For that matter, your growing lemon tree seeds may never produce fruit, but it is a fun experiment, and the resulting tree will no doubt be a lovely living citrus specimen. Wait a minute. I don't understand. I don't understand either. So it's it didn't say that it wouldn't produce fruit at first. It just said the I th- I thought it said the fruit would be inferior to the parent. Inferior, and it takes what he said four to six years or something. Yeah, he said four to six years. Yeah, can you look back and see when it talks about the parent, the 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 the, 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 the offspring tree being inferior? Does it say that it won't produce fruit? Uh, no, it said it would take four to six years to produce fruit, and it might not at all. Well, it said. Am I the only one who listened to this explanation? (laughs) Four to six years to produce fruit. If Uh it does. No, it said it said it may never produce fruit. All right, so here's the important information. This is not complicated, yes. This is what we need to share with our listeners. When you put the seed in the ground, don't bother having a strainer and a pitcher waiting to make the lemonade <laughs> right beside. You, you've got time. Yeah. Yeah. You could maybe go in and do some chores yeah, you, before the lemon appears. So the, you should never say this. You should never say, oh, I can't plant a lemon tree. I don't have a strainer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, see, you know what you could do is, you know, if you're going to give birth, for example, um, you might say, well, we'll have lemonade for, you know, the baby's fifth birthday. Yes. And then you put <laughs> that was it. Or maybe we won't. Or we maybe not. <laughs> right. There might be yeah, no lemons at all. Pot, yeah. now, but Bonnie, you once planted a lemon tree. This is why you had this question, right? Right. Because. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you can leave it right there. <laughs> she doesn't like to just say the first thing comes into her head. No, 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 no. She likes to think it over. That is so no, not true. Right. My daughter and I, as a bonding activity, decided so- we would plant seeds 
and see if we could grow a lemon. You guys tree. also, a as a bonding activity, activity? Uh, made those terrible fucking <laughs> butterfingers, right? Have you and your daughter ever bond over a successful activity? Has that ever happened? We bought horses. <laughs> okay. I understand, as a bonding activity. So your kid came to you and said, you know, I just don't feel that connected to you. Could we no, plant a I lemon think because seed? When you know, when you you didn't have the thing where, like, when your kids were really young in school, you didn't have that, Adam. Where they teach them like I had the thing where they were lemon. young in school. No, <laughs> no, you take I a have lemon, that right now. You take a lemon seed and then you fold it up in the wet paper towel. Well, we did that with uh, a potato, I believe. But the other thing I is, did that with my uncle. But no one's, <laughs> no one's. Where do you get the idea? It was that a big a, paper towel. Where do you get the idea that it's a bonding activity? I just thought because we use lemons. Mother- no, we squeezed lemons. We had a lot of seeds, so it was like, hey, why don't we plant this? Then I went on the internet. I found out like how you do that. We ordered pots from Amazon. I researched what kind of soil. So far, I'm not seeing the kids' the participation at all. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we both sounds, sounds like your daughter pots. did jack shit. So I brought so you. She, like, she kept picture. saying, "Oh, you have a <laughs> She kept yeah. saying, "Mom, I want to sit on your lap. Mom, I want to talk <laughs> no. to you." And you said, "Not now. I'm on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at pots." Well, so Bonnie brought up. Picture of, of the mother and daughter lemon trees. Right. So we got uh, that just, was just, after. just so that our listeners out there know what I'm looking at. Um, and by the way, thanks for bringing a visual aid well, to a yeah, podcast. Two pictures of pots with dirt. It's pots with dirt, but they both have little saplings coming out, uh, sprouts coming yeah. out of them. This was the ones you guys did. Yeah. These are your lemon trees. Right. So in the beginning, you're very excited because you've got the seed. It sprouts. There's big long sprout and then and you the bonding is the... taking place. <laughs> yeah, that and, and plus you, you bonded. bonded. You bonded you hard. You bonded in the pot uh-huh. and then you see the little things growing and now you're they, these these pots in the picture look like they're in a table in a small area. Um, with that bonding, were you able to step away from her at all, or did you both keep crashing into each other? I'm trying to look at it. No, I'm trying to look yeah, at it. Yeah, the pots are really close to we're each so other. Bonded, yeah, we're so bonded. We can't get apart from each other. <laughs> they were bonding. We were taking turns wa- making sure the other one But in any case, you, never, you didn't end up with lemon trees. No, because then somebody said to me, you know, it's going to take seven years for that thing to have <laughs> fruit. Why don't you just go buy a little lemon tree and watch that grow? Well, what'd you do with these pots? <laughs> They're like laying in the back of the yard. <laughs> so, like you, on their you, side. You, you, you didn't. You, you're not still tending them. No, it. You know, after a while, like months. Jesus, it don't just, get a you fish. Just got bored. It stopped being I a bonding activity. <laughs> See, like, huh, well, no, I'm not getting good bonding out of this. I'm just gonna yeah. let the tree die. Yeah. yeah. You know what the Did, bonding activity was? What? That we don't follow through on things. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> So like that was more of a that away. was more of a self awareness activity. Perhaps was that you don't right. even the chocolate, even the butterfingers you made. She walked away. She walked away from the chocolate. Well, yeah. I, I, you, you know, know like, having tasted doesn't... that chocolate, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Adam, I have a cute little cat story for you. You do? Yeah. Okay. Well, Paula, before you go ahead and tell me that cute little cat story, your cute little cat stories are rarely cute. No, this is a good one. Okay. Um, so. Uh, my cat Tonks the other day licked all the fake butter off my raisin toast while I was making my oatmeal. And it's a cute little cat story. Okay, aren't they adorable? Yeah, that's not that's not that bad. Uh, there are worse. There's not a lot of effluvia in that story. Um, now, Paula, every uh, first of all, yeah. thank you, Bonnie Burns, yes, for Bonnie. stepping up. And you were you were Man. succinct. I um, you, many. You know, the, your best radio appearance. I mean, audio appearance to date. Absolutely. I think that a lot of audience members are going to right now put the podcast on pause and run out and plant a, a lemon seed. Yeah. And then over time ignore it. Right. And go get a lemon tree. 
and then not plant that and just go get a fucking lemon at the store. And I want to thank you, Bonnie, for making that possible. Now, now, Paulie, do you have a vocabulary word? I do have a vocabulary word. Oh, uh, great. Uh, it's uh, magniloquent. Magniloquent. Which is, which is an adjective that means lofty, pompous, or high-flown in speech or style of expression. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I didn't know that word. I have a friend who can be tediously magniloquent, lest we forget she attended Harvard. Oh. Um, uh, you know, every week, Adam, I try desperately to expand my vocabulary by learning a word. Right. They stay in my brain like they were stuck with a glue stick, which is the same as saying they won't stick. Yeah. So I've created a, a vocabulary word song to try to reinforce that word uh, to brain bond. Right. Now, we have been asking our listeners to to please help us out and, uh, you know, if, if you want, and, and, and write a version of the vocabulary song. We've got all the words listed on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons for that is that it turns out, as a songwriter, you're not um, gifted. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, you know, I would recommend to audience members uh, that choose to take up the vocabulary word challenge, um, you don't have to do every single word. No. Uh, oh, absolutely know. not. Yeah. No, just do a, a handful. Uh, yeah, because otherwise, you know, the podcast but is But make it only... catchy. Oh, make it, well, make it catchy. That's my middle name. Uh-oh. Here's the best I got. This week's word is magniloquent. It's an adjective that means lofty, pompous, or high-flown in speech or style of expression. Last week's word was soporific. It's an adjective that means causing or tending to cause sleep. The week before that, the word was sesquipedalian. It's an adjective meaning measuring a foot and a half. It can also mean having many syllables. Very long. Sometimes it's used to mean given to using long words, which is funny because it's a long word. It's esquipedalian to say sesquipedalian. <laughs> The week before that, we had piquant. It's an adjective that means pleasantly savory, pungent. It can also mean engagingly provocative, also having a lively charm. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, but I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Thank you. Um... I was on a roll, man. I was on a roll. You weren't really on a roll. Here, here's the your was, song is the only replica. I got blisters on my finger. <laughs> that's great. That's, yeah, that's a Ringo Starr thing. Yeah. He was doing considerably more than strumming a chord yeah. five times during the course of a song. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, what I'm saying about the replicable I thing. I blister more easily than Ringo Starr. That's yeah. just one of the differences between me and Ringo Starr. <laughs> it's probably the only I significant one. More easily. Um, the only replicable part of the song is that that you do the I do, I do, I do thing at the end. and I haven't always. And there's usually. No, I didn't do it last week, the I do, I do. You didn't? No. Oh, that's right. You had Mrs. Culpepper here, and she did he does, he does, he does. Maybe. But the point about... <laughs> The point of I a song. I just remember that it was different. Paula, the point of a song, yeah, particularly one in which you're trying to use it as a mnemonic device, a, a, a means a what? of what? A means of of mnemonic device. Yeah, isn't that what you dig shit out of the ground with? <laughs> you mean like a next pick- week's word is mnemonic? 
It should be. It, 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 it means it, a large device to dig shit out of the ground. No, it 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 it, it means a, const- a construct that you use to jog your memory. Adam thinks it means a construct you use to jog your memory, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. There is no way this song is helping you remember these words. Well, that's it's a new not word, catchy. Adam. What's it? it's not catchy? It's not a catchy song. Bullshit, Tony. What were you singing earlier? Song. Thank you. Okay. Well, the part that's catchy, and, and I've, I've said this week in and week out, and I'm going to say it again. You catch the melody from the lullaby of Broadway for the I first didn't. phrase. I didn't. I've never seen the lullaby of Broadway. It doesn't matter. You heard it in a store somewhere I when you were trying I didn't hear to... it in a store. It's, that's what, what that where is. Where is there a lullaby of Broadway store? That's ridiculous. Stores don't have to be themed for the song no, they're playing, absurd. Paula Poundstone. Adam, answer the phone. I don't want to. <laughs> Adam, answer the phone. I don't want to answer the phone. Adam, answer the it's phone. It's never good news for it me is. when the phone it gets It is. You're going to like this. You're going to like this. <laughs> How would you know? Go ahead. Answer the phone. Hello? Adam, hi, it's me, Winnie Feynman. Oh, hi, Winnie. I am so happy that I got through to you on the phone line. I don't I know how you did. I love you so much. Thank you, Winnie. If you weren't on every show, I, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, I think about you all the time. And if you weren't on every show, thinking about you not being there, I have a pulmonary reaction. A pulmonary I reaction? I can't, I can't. Adam, Winnie, Winnie, just try to breathe. Adam. Winnie. Adam, are you there? Winnie. Are you there? I'm here, Winnie. Adam, I Winnie. Can't. Breathe, Winnie. I could just have a lock of your hair, Adam. No. If I could just have a lock of your hair. I, I have think, two problems with I that, Winnie. I think I could breathe much better. Wh- wh- and I've made a dachshund calendar that I really want you to have. I don't... Okay, let's let's, let's unpack this. Number one, I don't want a dachshund cal- uh, calendar. Uh, Number two... What do you mean you I, don't want a dachshund calendar? I made it for you, Adam. I made it for what you. What do you mean you made it for me? Oh, Winnie, calm down, I calm down. Uh, Winnie, Winnie, uh, Winnie, yeah, calm down. Yeah. Breathe deeply. Um, I don't have hair, so I can't send you a lock of it. Oh, Jesus, you sent it to someone else. No, no. Male pattern baldness. It just it comes to some of us. Adam. Winnie. Well, I'm going to go now because I'm going to send you this dachshund calendar. You really don't have to, Winnie. I really want to. I made it for you. It's really important to uh, me. Okay, uh, well, thanks for calling in. and right. uh, Please try to take care of yourself, Winnie. Yeah. Do you have arm hair? Do I what? Have arm hair. God damn it, Winnie. Uh, yes, I have arm hair. And no, I'm not sending you my arm hair. You could send me a lot of I'm not going to send hair. you my arm hair, Winnie. Oh, see, right. see, now I'm yelling at you. Well, I just want to give you. you something anyways. I just want to give you a dachshund calendar, and every day I want you to write on it that you're on the podcast. Okay. See you, Adam. Uh, bye, Winnie. Bye. Well, that wasn't I told something. you you'd like it. I didn't like it at I all. I told you. Well, I didn't like that at all. I told you. Oh, my God. I, I'm she getting... loves you, Adam. Uh, yeah, I know, but it's it's in a really creepy way. And, and It's not I creepy. That's love. That's not love. It's not. It's not creepy at all. Okay. Well, coming up, George Bernard Shaw said, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Is Paula unreasonable in starting her own small business? Well, Professor Michael Chaslow will advise her and all of us on how to achieve progress in the world and grow your business. That's when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, 
every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured, like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Ah, that's a relaxing way to get back into the show. Paula! You're still humming Lullaby Broadway. No, no, no. That's a vocabulary song. It's just stuck in my head. Sorry. Is it really? Yeah. Then why don't you sing it from memory? Uh, I can't do it from memory, Adam. That's the problem I have. That's the point of a song like that, is that you remember it so it teaches you the words. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, welcome back, everybody. We are totally back in gear. Um, now, Paula, you are an industry unto yourself. Oh my gosh, it's huge. Paula Poundstone, when, Poundstone when, Industries. When Trump goes, gave those corporate, those those high end tax cuts. Yeah. Who did it benefit but me? Did it? No, I'm kidding. I put the small in small business. You really, you yeah, but well, you have you have a multi pronged business approach. I mean, you have this podcast. Yeah. And um, boy, whoo! Yeah. yeah, you have your uh, your stand up comedy uh, performance thing and your public yeah. appearances, like your wait, yeah. wait, don't tell me stuff. Right. You've got your uh, the Poundstone Pussy Pillows, which Poundstone, is your newest product. Poundstone Pussy Pillows that are flying off the merchandise table and at the a, end of my shows. And it, they are selling pretty well at your shows, right? Well, good for me. Yeah, okay. You know, by my standards. To, to remind well. our listeners, uh, Paula was sent uh, a gift of 35 pounds of catnip uh, by the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Mr. Doug Berman. And, um, well, life gave you lemons and you made cat pussy pillows. Well, because we had put them, I had taken a pound of it and put it in the cabinet, and then there were 34 individually bagged uh, pounds of catnip, and I and I double-bagged it in trash bags and put it in the storage unit. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I haven't been back to the storage unit since, but Wendell, my assistant, told me that when he went... There were cats hanging around the outside of the building. Right. And that when he went inside, it smelled so much like catnip, like the whole building. So you now, were like, I've got to do something to get rid right. of that catnip. Exactly. And that's when you hit upon the idea, out. like, I'm going to make cat toys that are going to have a... That's exactly uh, correct. Uh, uh, so they are little, well, pillows. Poundstone's uh, Pussy Pillows. My name. With uh, Adam created the name. And, <laughs> not you know, proud I'm not, of it. I'm not pay, paying you shit for that. Okay. And, uh, I don't and deserve the, it. Um, the, and the catnip is inside the little pillow, of course. And then there's a grunt. Ladies and gentlemen, what sets my cat toys apart from others? There's a grommet, so you can tie a string to it and pull it for the cat. And on one side, there's a uh, there's a cat choke, and on the other side, I'm happy to autograph it to your cat. Nice. I think somebody could come and take the pussy pillow business out from under you just by attaching a string for, to the grommet included, rather uh, than making. I don't think your... anybody's clever enough to do that. Oh, do you? All right. In any uh, case, uh, you also sell T-shirts. I sell I sell remarkably soft tri-polyblend T-shirts okay. with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. And then I have some performance CDs, and I have a couple of books, and I have my book uh, and the audio versions of my books, which has been so helpful having those audio versions because what I had been doing before I recorded the books was riding around in people's cars reading aloud to them. And this that is time consuming, logistically, de- deeply inefficient. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. we're going to get to some efficiencies and other ways to help enhance your business. To summarize, what if someone like Paula had a great idea for a podcast or merchandising cat toys, T-shirts, or even a litter box? What steps do they take to become a successful small business? We have someone here who can answer these questions. Michael Chaslow created the Small Business Clinic at the USC Gould School of Law and has directed it since its inception in 2007. He brings more than 30 years of experience in working directly with startup companies, and guiding entrepreneurs through the development and financing of early-stage businesses. He earned his JD from the University of California, Berkeley, and an MBA from UCLA. Please welcome our guest, Professor Michael Chaslow. Hey, Michael. Michael, welcome. Thank you. Let's nice dive. to be here. It's great to have you. Let's dive right in. What does Paula need to do to make her business more of a success? Because, Paula, is all this stuff earning you the income that you'd like? Um... No. Okay. Um, no. I, the question I really have is, how long should you uh, run your business at a loss before you throw in the towel? 
I guess part of that is how much are you willing to lose? Um, every business is different because um, some of them do make money, right? I've heard. Yeah, boy, that um, would be cool. But sometimes it takes a while. Like in in what you're talking about, it feels to me like there's a a critical mass um, where you have kind of a a built in publicity model through the podcast and the other things you do that then can promote merchandise. Um, now, when you say the built-in publicity of the podcast, how many are we actually getting in Moldova now? In Moldova, it turns out we don't have a lot of downloads. We, Which I think, was how many? We, we got between one and three in the last three in months. In Moldova. Yeah. It's the country of Moldova. So I'd say <laughs> that, so that you know. your, your target audience is not in Moldova. Yeah. It's probably too expensive to ship there anyway. Though. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. <laughs> Wendell won't do it. Wendell says no to anything out of, out of the country. Okay. But, but we All do right. have fans here in the United States of America. So, so if the question is, how long should this keep up? In a way, that question is from the middle. You know, the my question would be, well, is there a plan? You know, is is the plan to create some publicity through through your name recognition and through people knowing you, and then connect that to products that will also sell? Um, if that's true, then you have to think, well, you know, how much are you making on each product? If you if you aren't losing money, then you can keep doing it for longer, right? So, so on each thing, on each item you sell, uh-huh. are you making money? Are you breaking even? Are you losing money? Is is one question. Uh-huh. Um, if you're roughly breaking even, then you can keep it going for a while. If the problem is you've got a whole bunch of stuff sitting around that you can't get rid of, then like thirty four pounds of catnip. Like 34 pounds of catnip. But that, right. no, apparently catnip's... that came free, right? That, yeah. yeah, the catnip <laughs> came free. You know, the it's you know, it's clipping along. I wouldn't say at a fast pace, but it's uh it's clipping along. Now, I always I always heard that with restaurants, um, and I don't know if this has changed over time, but that you had to be prepared to lose money for a year, like not not be in profit for a year in order to open a restaurant. Is that true? I, I always heard six months, but but the idea is the same that you have to lose money for a while. Um, I think it's, I think what you said is exactly true, but that doesn't mean that is always the case. So these days, you see a lot of people who will open a restaurant, and because they the world of food has changed, like we know a chef's name, and you hear right. about a famous chef who, chef who opens a restaurant, or there's some buzz about a person, they have immediate demand. So my feeling in the restaurant business is it's not that you have to be prepared to lose money for a long period of time. It's that some people lose money initially, but some people have a big pop at the beginning Right. And then they have to figure out how to sustain that uh-huh. in a way that, that keeps them going. Uh-huh. And the, the pop comes from some kind of notoriety leading up to the Right. The, the problem the is the, the people who come because it's famous, they go away. So you need people who are going to continue to, uh, to frequent the restaurant. With selling your items, for example, I don't know if that's true. You, know, you, you want to think, are they the kind of things that 
I'm going to sell one or two to some people. Are you looking for repeat customers? That doesn't. It feels to me like what you want is many, many, many people to buy Paula Poundstone things, not ten people to keep buying them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, this word you you used a word earlier that frightened me, which is plan. Um, <laughs> Sorry. How? Um, yeah, because uh, what is your business plan at the moment, Paula? Uh uh, do you have a blank piece of paper? I could show it to you. <laughs> yeah. um, it would be that blank. It piece would of paper. be the blank piece of paper. Yeah, okay. I don't have a plan. I mean, so, you know, I don't know. Years ago, my manager said, "Why don't we make some CDs? People make CDs, don't they?" And so we did that, and then we sold those. And then, I, and people then, make so, CDs, don't they? She said that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, she's I, silently she's, protesting in the background, no, but I'm going to enjoy ignoring. She's that. very innovative. Yeah. And then uh, somebody came to me and said, "Do you want to write a book?" And I actually said, "No." And then I did it anyways. And then I said, "People make t-shirts, don't they?" So it, things sort of slowly. There was no like. And then at one point, somebody said, "Let's make a website and sell all those things in the same place." Somebody did say that. Yeah. So okay. we do sell it through our website, but. Uh, and that's pretty much the whole business plan we're hearing right here. Yeah, it was sort of a slow, you know, this thing, that thing. There was I never started out with like a mission. We could, we could make one, you know. The... You, that's a good idea. Right now, well, I mean, seems we can weird talk to about make it, a sure. plan after it already happened. Not really, because we're we're just fixing it. You know, the uh, I don't care if you make money on every single thing you do. You don't I just, care. I care. <laughs> Fair yeah, but, enough. But when he leaves this studio, yeah. you're out of his life. Uh, yeah. Fuck I want you. you to... Making money on these things is of great interest to me. I, I don't want to sound like uh, Mr. Drysdale here. I don't want to sound like all I care about is money um, uh, because it's not all I care about at all, uh, which is probably part of the reason I'm such a shitty businesswoman. Well, I think what Michael was in the process of saying is- Before I cut him off? Yeah. Yeah, um, was that he doesn't care if you make money on every single thing that you do because all these things kind of produce can produce a sort of a synergy. Am that I correct? With, that well put. Okay. Um, well, the he's idea, available for birthday parties. By the, way. the idea is that um, you want to make money on some of the things, uh -huh. but other things can be what we call lost leaders. So, for example, lost leaders, lost lost leaders. Yeah. Oh my god. So, for example, if you weren't making Sounds like a, ton a seminar of money, that I would lead, no, lost no. leaders, lost le welcome, yeah. lost leaders of America. Yeah, yeah, you could put it in your vocabulary song. I'm a, I might. <laughs> this week's word is lost leaders. Okay, so what does that mean, lost leaders? So Sorry. the idea is it's that there are certain products that you may not make as much money from, but it drives customers to other things that do make you money. It enhances the oh, brand. I see what you're it saying. It enhances the brand. Enhances the brand. Yeah, it enhances uh, the brand. Uh, so if the T-shirts, for example, had the time and place of the podcast, that would be a way of marketing, ooh, you know, the the podcast itself. Huh, yeah. We haven't done that. <laughs> or if I didn't you think know, of anything that clever at all. Got, take out your pen, Paul. You're yeah. going to need these. Yeah. Or if you gave people things to do with the cat toys, or if you, um, you know, if there if there was something where you could use one product with another. Oh my um, God, that's brilliant. If I were to include a string. Right. And on the string, it said nobody <laughs> listens to Paula Poundstone. How could it say that on a string? Well, it would be like a shoestring. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, here's what I here's an idea. You sell the <laughs> pussy pillows and then you sell the pussy pillow XL Deluxe Edition, which has a string tied to the grommet. You charge ten bucks more for it. <laughs>
<laughs> the deluxe people, pussy pillow. But then people are going to compare it. Then people are going to go, wait a minute. It was 15 bucks for the pussy pillow. Another 10 bucks for the string? That's yeah. not going to go over well. Well, we'll people. See. people will pay for luxury. They really will. Yeah. We, okay, we interrupted. Okay, so that's a great idea about having one thing. So give me another example of that. Well, you know, so what you, what you want to do in our, in our plan uh-huh. is we want to figure out what of the activities brings the most money and would bring in more money with growth. Aha. So what brings in the most money, Paula? I'm guessing it has to, it's your shows. Yeah, no question. So we want to grow your shows. We do. Okay. So, so the products then don't necessarily have to make so much money if they bring more people to the shows. We do promote the shows on the podcast. And the podcast, as uh, Captain Quickle, my manager, points out, um, the podcast obviously, well, not obviously, I guess, but it does, in fact, um, get listened to by more people than would attend a regular show. Which is why we use it as a promotional vehicle to, to drive people to your shows. There's a p- bigger well, not pool. Not literally drive people to the shows. You're I, willing I don't to want drive people you. to think there's a service where we pick you up and take you to my shows. That's there not isn't? the case. No. And should I don't, there be? And I don't recommend Uber Michael, should either. Should there be? Um, I think people can get to the shows unless <laughs> you want to give away an Uber ride with no. a pillow. Do you know, Uber it, makes uh, me very oh. nervous. Lyft. Uh, <laughs> Lyft makes me very nervous. Um, okay, so yes, it's it's true that we do say on. The podcast that I'm going to be performing at the blah, blah, blah. And and are the shows full? Um, you know what's funny about that? Yes, if it's a small theater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that my manager will call me up in a panic and say, well, I don't understand why, uh, you know, the the blah, blah, blah isn't full, whereas the last three places were full. And then I have to say, well, how many people does the one that's not full seat? And she'll say, well, 2,000. And I, how many did the other seat? Well, 500. Okay. Well, I think I see what's wrong. Uh, you know, because they're, <laughs> they're, they're not all the same size. Right. Okay. Well. So not, I, I don't sell out every time. I sell out a lot of shows. but it's, it's, Which is great. I, let me right. just say this. Okay. On a more positive note, I pack the front row. I, I was just thinking, if it's already overflowing, then we don't need to get more people there. We need a bigger venue um, to perform. But you could have, you know, you could have incentives for someone to bring someone else to a show, for example. Incentives uh, for some to bring someone else. Sure, bring a like friend. I could get say a we t-shirt. provide oxygen at the show, <laughs> and just... then people that are um, on oxygen. Yeah. Would be like, oh, I need oxygen. I'll yeah, go see Paula Poundstone. They would come. They would. Yeah, would that doesn't sound like. I, I, I think the idea that Michael just floated <laughs> is bring a friend, get a T-shirt is a. It, it's a possible. Exactly. Or or some other. Bring a friend, get a T-shirt. Yeah. yeah. This sounds like so many T-shirts. Like Bonnie is always after me to do like twofers and stuff like that. But it just worries me that I'm going to lose more money than I'm going to make. How much money are you making on the T-shirts? Wouldn't that be a question that you might ask, Michael? I, I would want to know how much money is being ahead, made on the, How I, much money are you making on the T-shirts? See? Would you be concerned if you were dealing with, well, let's face it, a CEO, uh, who had no idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would... 
It's here's the thing. We can also flip it around and make money on the T-shirts. You know, you don't have to give away the T-shirts. You can increase the price of the T-shirts and give away tickets know, to the show. Give away something else. You know that. Um, what do you mean? Give me an example. Well, if you should generally sell merchandise for four times your cost, uh, that's kind of the formula of how really? much. Really. Yes. Sell merchandise for four times your cost? Mm-hmm. Huh. Usually that's that's kind of the retail formula because you're going to want to double what you made it for and whoever's selling it in a store is going to want to make a profit. So just back of the envelope calculations is something should be sold for four times what it costs you at a minimum. You might want to have, is it just one kind of t-shirt? No, in fact, I'm so glad you asked. There's two styles. There's the standard, and then there's the baseball style with the dark sleeves and the light, you know, the heather gray. Uh, and it's all made from a remarkably soft tri-poly blend. We should clarify for Michael, there's no such thing as a tri-poly blend. That's not true. I'm I'm just going to let that one go. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I'm trying to learn to let that one go. But you know, I, under, I understand. You know, if you ever want to get into divorce law, you can use this as some sort of training session. <laughs> Again, just going to let that let's one. Keep, keep rolling I'm good forward. with the business stuff. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's stick with the business stuff. Um, how about if you don't have any idea in the world how much your product costs to make? I think like you'd say, have to find out. Then like, say, a to... pussy pillow. Then you need to find out. Unless right. you're selling it for so much money. That it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If if it's if you don't know how much it costs to make, but it makes it costs somewhere between a buck and two bucks and you're selling it for twenty, then I don't need you to know the exact number. Okay. Here's why we don't know, because A, she got the catnip for free. God knows yeah. what that costs. B, the materials are 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 relatively inexpensive, but the the pussy pillows are being made in a sweatshop. <laughs> Um, that Paula has set up inside her own house, and the only employee of this sweatshop is her assistant, Wendell. Okay, Wendell, uh, who's a very engineering-minded man, Wendell is um, making a system to create the pussy pillows, and uh, so we won't really know how fast he can do it. So if people are interested in the pussy pillows, you should probably go, you should probably get them at the shows um, sooner than later, because later we will actually know how much the things cost and might well have to increase the price. But right now we're trying to get our time down for making it because, you know, I pay Wendell. That's, That's good. Yeah. Why don't you think of it like a market test? If we're still in testing, maybe we don't need to know how much it costs because inevitably the cost will go down if... They're mass produced, or if there's a bigger demand, if if it's not, Wendell can only work so fast. When you say mass produced, does that mean I use both my son's bedroom and my daughter's bedroom? That that would be a step toward mass (laughs) production. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe Wendell has friends. Yeah. Um, Oh, that would be good. We can employ Wendell's friends. (laughs) Wendell. (laughs) Um. Let's move on. Assemble the workers. (laughs) Um. What mostly causes businesses to fail? How long do you have? Um, So a lot of things? I think a lot of things cause businesses to fail. And I think you want to think about them in a few different categories. Some businesses are going to fail just because they're not good businesses or because they're not right. Um, Boy, I dodged that bullet. (laughs) I mean, you could do everything right and still not have a successful business. Right. 
A, a really good example of this is the person who invented the fax machine did not make money from the fax machine. Fax machines have existed for like a hundred years. No, but it turns out you need a lot of them for people to use them. Oh, right, of course. You can't just have one fax machine or one person with a fax who machine. Who would you send it to? And 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 by the way, it's a fantastic. Well, it isn't anymore because now we email documents. No, I still fax. <laughs> but but I love it's my a fax fantastic machine. idea. But <laughs> you need a lot of fax machines, or it doesn't matter. How good your idea is, you don't make money. Um, other people, they kind of fall in love with an idea that's not very good. I don't know, think of, you know, a garlic chicken toothpaste or something, you know. That's kind a terrible of, idea. Kind of yeah. wacky that, you know, isn't going to sell, but they like it. Yeah. Um, so there are the categories of businesses that are either not a great product or wrong time, a timing type of an uh -huh. issue. Um, but then there are businesses that might succeed and don't because they, the, they're not being driven in the right way. You know, that many investors, if you talk to kind of a professional investor, they will often tell you that their first criteria is management. It's the people, you know, how you say like real in real estate, it's location, location, location yeah. right. in the investor world. It's really the people uh -huh. who's running the business. And the reason that's true is because it isn't always having a brilliant idea. It's more about what you do with a pretty good idea. Uh -huh. um, and so getting back to what might make businesses fail, it's often that people may have a good enough idea, but they aren't sure what to do, what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Some people are too tentative. They don't really commit to the idea. Uh -huh. Um, you know, they, they might say, well, I don't really want to leave my job. I don't really want to suffer any negative consequences. So I'm just going to do it a little bit, but it's not the kind of business that needs a little bit. You need to commit to making it work. Uh -huh. Um, some people don't listen to feedback. Some people, sorry, don't plan. You know, they don't, you know. What kind of an asshole wouldn't plan? <laughs> I don't know. Just somebody who, who is clueless about running their business. I can't even You know, businesses that. are really like puzzle pieces. You know, you're really trying to say... I have something, it could be a product or a service, sure. and I want someone to pay me money for this thing. Uh -huh. And then the question is, how do you get the your service or your product to other people? Yeah. Um, and then there's all sorts, there's me, lots of like different ways. She literally carries product <laughs> yeah. that's, that's one way to do it. I'm my own Sherpa. But, yeah. but you want to think about how, how you're going to market it, um, uh -huh. how you're going to distribute it. Where are people going... To get it. Uh -huh. um, now, Paula, you have a wine story. I do. I was at a restaurant the other night with a friend, uh, and he got up and he was he ordered a wine. It was a six, $60 wine, a, a bottle of wine. It was a $60 bottle of wine. And then it was a restaurant slash market, you know, and so they said, have these beautifully displayed wines all over. So he gets up and he's looking in the wine cabinet. He sees the exact same bottle of wine was $30. Is that possible that they charged an extra $30 for a guy to take the cork out and pour it? It is. I don't think it's great business. I mean, we, we've all had the experience of going to a restaurant and saying, hey, I could buy this in the market for much less than they're charging me for. But to have the, the market in the, in the restaurant is you, a little you weird. You usually don't have to walk three steps to yeah. get it. So <laughs> if I were to sell my remarkably soft tripod blend t-shirts with the self-portrait on the left breast and the memorable quote on the back, and I were to put it on the person, could I, could I double <laughs> the price? I, 
I mean, in theory, you could. Yeah. But I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially if you autographed it personally, yeah. maybe. Well, I do autograph the shirts for the for for people, at but I don't shows. charge for that. I wonder That's if you should make silly. them cheaper at the shows. In other words, if you buy it online, it's a certain price. But if you come to the show, um, you know, it's cheaper and it's autographed. Fuck you. Wait. <laughs> no, no, don't don't tell is our guest me? to fuck is you. Is that me? I just came to the show. I I just wanted to help. Everybody just keeps dropping the price of everything. I, I hauled it all the way to the goddamn theater. I signed it for the person. Yeah. Now, how useful is social media in marketing businesses like Paula's? Well, social media is really tricky, and I don't know that any you know you will find a huge number of people who will. <laughs> who will sell you their services saying that they know social media and therefore you should pay them to to help you with social media. Right. We've met uh, them. Yes, I We've hired them. A lot, I've started I businesses for many of them. Yeah. Um but but I don't know that that means that that everybody's right because also social media is it's it's a very broad topic. Yeah. I think that there's a there clearly is a lot of Do you think that I should do porn? No. Because that's very popular. Right, but it's a little off-brand for you. Is it? It's a lot off-brand for you. <laughs> but I know that gets down. I think we're trying to get lot. people to put t-shirts on. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, okay, all right. I think the social media thing's kind of interesting. I mean, one use of social media isn't just asking people things. It might be getting people to do things. Maybe people could sell T-shirts. Um, uh -huh. Or they could give you ideas. You know, it's not as though in the business world, ideas come from a lot of different places. So, you know, you could have a contest of tell us, you know, the best idea for all of Paula's businesses and, you know, then have somebody on the show. Now, a while ago you mentioned a business plan. How do you go about that? I mean, what constitutes a business plan? Well, first of all, you can have a very long one or or a short one. Let's and you start can, with the short one. And you can find, you know, you can find kind of blueprints for them on the internet or in books, but but Michael, you're right in front of me. All right, how do we create a business plan? Thank you. Um, I can't believe you I had to ask to, twice. To drag it out <laughs> you have to basically write down the ideas for how your business will succeed. That's in a nutshell what a business plan is. Uh -huh. And the reason why it's important to do it is because in the writing of it, it exposes weaknesses in the business that you can then address. Uh -huh. Sometimes we gloss over problems. Uh -huh. We'll say, I'll make stuff, I'll sell stuff, that's how my business will succeed. Uh -huh. But if you're having to actually connect the dots in a plan, uh -huh. for example, I'm going to make T-shirts, and I, and then we're going to say it will cost this. Uh -huh. They will be sold in these places in this way. Um, this is what the profit will be. This is what the costs will be. That's kind of the 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 very um, basic elements of a business plan. Uh -huh. It's the uh, it's the who, what, where, when, why, and how uh -huh. of the business. But I actually think some people will have other people do it. But I think doing it yourself. Uh -huh forces you to face some of the realities in putting in putting together a business cuz it also if you're honest when doing it sometimes you bump into things that make you think oh this isn't going to work uh -huh. Uh -huh. and you have to listen to that as well so like i might say i will take people around the world in luxury comfort on the ocean and then i would realize i don't have a cruise ship 
Well, I think you would. That's the kind of thing I that would actually... happen if you wrote a business plan that had that as one <laughs> yeah. of its. Uh... Yeah. I think you would realize I can't charge people enough to do that because you can always rent a cruise ship. Huh. If you yeah. do, you just need to charge people, yeah. there are a, a lot of holes in amount, my plan. A huge yeah. amount of money. I would abandon the cruise ship aspect of of your plan. Yeah, I'd stick it's closer to t shirts right and, here in this little round table. Yeah, well, you know yeah. that's the thing. You wrote a business plan, and now you know not to spend all that money on the cruise ship. I was only thinking of starting a cruise ship company because Doug Berman gave me as a thank you gift uh, a thousand life preservers. <laughs> Yeah, but you see, life preservers are cheap compared to an actual cruise ship. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the thing about Doug. Yeah, she should have looked into that. Well, thank you, Michael Chaslow, for this profitable discussion. Paula, now that you have all this newfound business knowledge... I got all I need! What advice can you give our listeners about starting a small business? Kelly Phelan, house band, will you give me a little background music for my summary of what I've learned from our small business expert? You are supposed to make money in a small business. You're supposed to have a plan. You're supposed to know how much you make on each item. That seems crazy to me. It ruins the surprise. You can grow your customers for one product with another. For example, I could give away a t-shirt with every ticket purchase or a free Poundstone pussy pillow to every podcast listener who turns their friends and family on to the podcast. I could personally drive a ticket buyer to the theater to see my show while we listen to a free Paula Poundstone CD. I could dress and feed the elderly parent of anyone who purchases the audio version of my book. There's nothing in this book that I meant to say. I could deliver the baby of anyone who downloads my new rap song, Not My Butterfinger. I'm going to be rich. Michael Chaslow created the Small Business Clinic at the USC Gould School of Law and has directed it since its inception in 2007. Michael, thank you so much for being on our show. That was fantastic. Thank you. Coming up, this podcast is now number 119 in Canada. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. That's coming up right after this. The Cat of the Week is Bear from Califon, New Jersey. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. 
It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. According to climate scientists, we have nine years and 51 weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. Yeah! Thanks for the tasty licks, Kelly Phelan. We're back. Paula, uh, we like to keep track of our international audience. You know that We are about us. sweeping the globe. We are, it's we are... one thing to sweep the nation. We are sweeping the globe. No, we bestride the globe like a colossus. After we took over Moldova, we began to Which seep we into the culture of other countries. We have, yeah. It turned out we were wrong about Moldova. What do you mean we, we were wrong? Well, as, as we've said before, uh, it turns out that, that being the... 34th ranked podcast in Moldova. 34th ranked podcast or, or, in Moldova? Or whatever, That's fantastic. Whatever we were was because we'd had like four or five downloads. We are sweeping most of the globe. <laughs> we are sweeping most. But yeah, there are countries where we are, where we do perform pretty well. And one of them, uh, we're, we're up there with a bullet this week. Tony Anita Hull, she's our resident globalologist. <laughs> 
Yeah. And uh, Tony she knows uh, so much. She's she, it's like it's like opening an atlas. She knows about she, everywhere. She is, she uh-huh. is Rand McNally. <laughs> Tony and Anita Hull knows so much about so many places, Adam Velma. Oh, look at that. It's our favorite denuded hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> the widow of Mrs. Culpepper. Now I'm... it's so nice to see you again, Tony. I think of you as my daughter, uh-huh. and Adam, I think of you as Adam Filmer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's great, Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, yeah. do, you don't you don't have any children of your own, do you? I, I do not. Thank you for asking. You and the captain, did you try to uh, reproduce? Or no? I'm not going to speak to you <laughs> about carnal relations between the captain and I. I wasn't Adam asking Thelma. about your carnal that relations. That is a little intrusive. Oh, wow. I, where I come from, people don't ask questions of that nature. Adam Felma. I wasn't asking about your carnal relations, Mrs. Culpepper. <laughs> uh, it certainly sounds as if you did, Adam. You know that's how babies are made. I do know that, but I wasn't asking about the, the making I'm process. not certain how you made your babies. <laughs> I know exactly how I made my babies, but I... I Paper mache! I... <laughs> wow. You are salty tonight, Mrs. Culpepper. Did you have a fight with the captain? I did not have a fight with the captain. I I, I am unable to fight with the captain. Why? Uh, do you uh, just love him too darn much? Uh, I, I do love the captain. I, I love the memory of the captain, Adam Felba, because the captain has passed. Oh, no. I've, br- <laughs> I've brought up that painful memory again. I do uh, apologize. Yes, you have. In fact, brought up yet another painful memory. <laughs> well, yeah. That, that, it's it, only the bomb. The bomb of Tony Anita Hull that makes it possible to be in this room right now. <laughs> The balm. The balm of Tony and Nina <laughs> <Yeah>. Hull. <laughs> well, I, as opposed I, to the stinging uh, rebuke the stinging of nettles. Adam Velma. Yes. yes. Yeah. The, the painful memories that you drudge up from my past. Which which memory in specific did I dredge up? The passing of Captain Culpepper. <laughs> oh, he did die. You forgot. Yes. Uh, no, I for, I have forgotten. Yes, he, he died. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Lay it out there. No, I don't want to. I don't want to lay it out there. I I I am sure that that it, at least it was probably a very peaceful death, and and then we can all move. It on. was not a peaceful death at all. Oh, you were agitated tonight. Mrs. He died of tyrotoxism. Adam oh, is Fever, that poisoning by is, cheese or dairy products? That is correct. It is the poisoning <laughs> by cheese or dairy products. Well, that is correct. And that, it was a cheese. It was in fact a cheese. We'll never know what kind it was. It was the gouda that got him, Adam Felber. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, let's uh, turn our attention back to Tony Anita Hall, the, the balm of this podcast. Yes, Tony, do do go on. Now, now welcome, balm. Um, now, what's going on? Um, so Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is number 119 in Canada. Yes! Whoa. That's 16,750 downloads over the last three months. 16,000? Wow. Yeah. It's actually yeah. a sizable number. It is. Yeah. They've been depressed for the last three months, so they've really needed They've needed us. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. I, I can see that. Because it's an uplifting podcast. Absolutely. Um, I, that is so nice. Now is that 116 to hear. out of all podcasts? Not it's not just the comedy That's genre. That's just comedy. Oh, okay. Genre. Fuck Canada. Sorry. Wow. Canada can bite me. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, oh, our favorite Canada was so I guess they so... don't need uh, I guess they don't need to listen to nobody listens to Not when they've got story. Joe Rogan to, to <laughs> Canada. Tune in oh, to. My no, God. that's number 1. We don't know yeah. that. Yeah. We don't know that? No. We they could. Took a, they took a break from hockey though. I think that's good they to did. listen yes. to nobody he listens yeah. to Paul well, Poundstone. You know, despite the fact that they're dead to us, let's salute Canada. I love Canada. I do too. Um, now, my Canadian friends tell me that one reason we might be popular there is because Hulu is not available in Canada. Oh, there you go. See? It's ridiculous. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, why would that make us popular there? 
uh, because are you assuming that anybody who likes Hulu doesn't listen to us? No, I, I, I no. think what I'm I think what my Canadian friends tell me is is your that Canadian friends have a very strange path of logic. Are Hulu is a, is a, is a time suck. It, it's, it's something, it, and if you don't have Hulu, you what is Hulu? It, it's it's like Netflix. Oh, I don't have either one. It's a video streaming service. That's why you have time to do this podcast. Uh, that's mm-hmm. I got plenty of time to do this podcast. In any case, let's again return to our salute to Canada. <laughs> All right, that's enough. You know what's weird? <laughs> is that the Canadians, yeah. of course, speak English, as we do, and yet I still couldn't understand that song. It's a national anthem. You're not, I get yeah. as far as O Canada. Yeah, I get that Which one. has always seemed to me like kind of an unenthusiastic anthem. Oh, Canada. Yeah. It just... It's almost like, by the way, Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I was thinking about the other day? Yeah. Canada. Pardon me, Canada. <laughs> it's yeah. somewhere in the back of my mind. Canada. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Now yeah. I see where we're living. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's move on. Tony, why don't you tell us some stuff about Canada? Yeah, we don't know enough. No one really knows a lot about no. Canada, I don't think. No, Canada is huge. It's very big. It's I didn't realize the that. the largest country in the Western Hemisphere. Um, it's 3.855 million square miles. And the only other country that's larger than Canada is Russia. I didn't realize that. Second largest country in the world by landmass? Yes. You know what's weird? Maybe it's Canada that Sarah Palin was seeing out of her window. <laughs> well, that's and she enough. mistook it because they're both big. That's very yeah. possible. Yeah, I think so. Because I don't that's think she was seeing Russia. Russia. No. In, in, in fact, <laughs> if you look at Wasilla, which is, which is uh, on a map, it, it's not close to Canada or Russia. Yeah, but by then she was governor. She wasn't in Wasilla Oh, she could, she could have been in, in, anywhere. She was in the capital by then. She was in the governor's mansion. Oh, in Anchorage? That... I don't know the capital of Alaska. Do you know? No, I don't. No, she doesn't. Oh, <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> okay, we can take a victory <laughs> lap on that one. All right, what else about Canada, Tony? <laughs> Tony. Wow, we've tickled Tony. Uh, Tony, I need a whole pink. You just simply tickled pink. Absolutely paralyzed. Tony, I want to thank you, by the way, uh, for knowing these Canadian facts, of course, (laughs) but also for, again, wearing your Greek peplos tonight. You're welcome. uh, It's very cozy. Tom Hanks will only come on the podcast if Tony wears her her, traditional Greek peplos. And And if we have then, he's never coming on the podcast. That's not true. You have to wear your Argyle sweater vest. And I will, but like the thing is that he keeps adding insane demands. And they're not even that... I should say that he keeps adding <laughs> mundane demands, but very specific and weird demands. He wants pedophores. He wants pedophores. He, he, he does not want me to wear my ruby satin dress, he and I, I must wear, wear my ruby satin dress. I will not truckle <laughs> to Tom Hanks. Well, that's good. I, I don't think you're ever going to have to truckle to him, because I think I think his appearance is a fiction. 
And he's not a fiction, Adam. He's simply will not come if I'm wearing my ruby satin dress, which is my favorite dress to wear. The captain loved. How do you like my ruby satin dress? (laughs) I think it's lovely, Mrs. Culpepper. Thank you very much. That's making up for the cruelty that you have projected onto me. I didn't mean to project any cruelty. I'd just forgotten that you're. You simply reminded me of the death of my husband. Which, by the way, how does that look when you actually pass away from child toxism? Well, it's quite gory. Oh, it is. Oh, then I'm, I'm doubly sorry for bringing it up. Yes, thank you. I thought it would be a sort of a, a sort of you just stop breathing kind of thing. Tony, Anita Hull, you're a saint. <laughs> okay, that's on. Let's um, get some more Canadian yeah, facts. Absolutely, All right. more Canadian. They facts. have an apology act. Um, an apology act. Yeah. Because... You mean legally you have to apologize in Canada? No. So they passed it in 2009 because Canadians are are nice people and they tend to over apologize. And the reason they passed the act was to ensure that apologies could not be regarded as admissions of guilt or fault for insurance purposes or in a court of law. So just because then everybody would be able to sue Absolutely. everybody in Canada. Yeah. Oh, I oh see. sorry. Because they no, just I'm automatically sorry. say no, they're sorry. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're sorry all the time. Yeah. They're known for being nice. Yeah. Uh, well, nice. I always apologize. I apologize when something isn't even. I apologize before I think through whether it was my <laughs> fault or not. I've done that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because I do improv. Well, you think you say the first thing that comes to your head. Yes. Which was what? <laughs> the apartment. Oh, the let's apartment. Move on. The apartment. More facts. Um, Canada's lowest recorded temperature is as cold as Mars. It got to negative 81.4 degrees Fahrenheit in the small village of Snag, Yukon on February 3rd, 1947. And that's roughly the same temperature as the surface of Mars. Yes. Oh. But my guess is that in Snag, Yukon, you get cable. Oh, uh, good point. Right, which makes Hulu. it makes it but much not, better than right. Mars. No, absolutely. Yeah, cable. That's just yeah. my guess. Well, Fe- that was in February of nineteen forty-seven. I didn't even know they had thermometers back then. You do mm. they have thermometers in nineteen? In nineteen forty-seven, I didn't know that. No. When did you think the thermometer was invented? I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it, but okay, certainly, sure. I thought maybe around my birth. Right. Yeah. Hey, it's a girl, and we have to know how yeah, hot she is. She seems like a hot girl. Yeah. That's what they said when I was born. <laughs> right. She seems hot. We just have no way of measuring it. Uh, the doctor said, let's get some mercury and put it in a glass thing. Well, then we'll, 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 we'll calibrate it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll calibrate it by first boiling some water and then freezing some water. Uh, we'll arbitrarily mark those those degrees on, on, uh, on the mercury they, tube. Is that how they did it? Well, that's ha- how you... Well, that's that's how the, uh, the the centigrade system, the Celsius system, is. Zero degrees is where water freezes, and sure. hundred degrees is where water boils. You don't have to tell me that. I don't. <laughs> but I chose to. I knew that. I What's know. it in Fahrenheit? I think it's two hundred and twelve in Fahrenheit, and thirty-two Two. degrees is the freezing yeah. point, which make which is yeah, it's it's a stupid system. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been uh, <laughs> the thermometer corner so, with okay. Adam Felber. Let's uh, move. Do we, do, Tony, do you I want to have the thermometer no. corner with Adam Felber, a regular section of our yes. show? Yeah, I that's really a, a great thermometer. segment. So, very, so, village of Snag, Yukon. Do we have right. anything else uh, on the hot sheet? It was about February that? 3rd, 1947. Yeah. So, if you were thinking about day. going to Snag, Yukon, don't go. In 1947. In February 3rd, 1947, because it's really fucking cold that day. No. Um, yeah, what that's what I would do. Canada. There are 10 provinces. I didn't know that. There you go. Are they like states? They are yeah. like states, yeah. But uh-huh. they're super big, most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but they don't have that many people in each one, right? No. Because as you get up north, you know, because it's it shit like 
negative 81.4 Fahrenheit, so people don't populate that area. There's not much. a lot of people. <laughs> you no. know, my guess is um, we got no listeners in Snag Yukon. That's my no, guess. No, we'll have to do some research on hey, that. Hey, if you're a listener in Snag Yukon, uh, just write into us. That's a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Uh, Gmail is a internet thing. Yeah, they probably can't because they they're freezing don't. their asses off. Their their hands are frozen. Yeah, they we'll can't probably even, get an email that says "boo." They can't type. <laughs> they can't type in that kind of cold. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, and they're wearing mittens. That's why nobody writes to us from Mars. Can't do it. It's negative eighty-one point four Fahrenheit. That's one of the reasons. Well, Tony and Anita Hall, thank, thank you for you. this uh, Canada upgrade. Uh, yeah. Oh, Around the world, Tony Nita. All right, now, Paula, you have been struggling to find a short, succinct way to describe our podcast. Oh, I really have. I am not good at it at all. Yeah, you know when I do like a radio interview or I've something. I've heard you do one. Yeah, they'll say like, "Oh, you know, uh, so you have a podcast?" And I go, "Yeah, I do." I think it's called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. And I go, "Yeah, it is." And then they go, well, you know, huh? And I go, well, it's um, it's a podcast, and it's a comedy podcast. Yeah. I mean, you learn some stuff, but it's me and my partner, Adam Felber. And then I go, well, not partners like that, but uh, me and my partner, Adam Felber. And, uh, yeah, you know, we have exactly on people what... who have information to share. Yeah. And sometimes Tony Anita Hall explains about Canada. And, you know, there's six provinces, and they're like states. And, yeah, now, now you're and it devolves. You're a very eloquent woman, and yet when you try to describe our podcast, you become sort of a fumfering teenager. I do. I become a fumfering teenager when I try to describe so, our, our so podcast. So what we've done is we've asked our listeners to send us their brief descriptions of Nobody Listens to Fall of Poundstone. Yes, um, please. And we've received some great ones. Let's share some today. Here's how Dominic from Tucson describes our show. It's not Tucson. Tucson. Thank you. A meandering, chaotic trip down the rabbit hole that is Paula Poundstone's mind. Seemingly pointless, but oddly satisfying, much like life itself. That is very beautiful, that's a, Dominic. That's a, it, Thank it's you. a piece of poetry. It's not the kind of thing that you could say on a radio show. Oh, let me try it. Go ahead. Say it to me. Ah, so, Paula, tell me about your podcast. Well, uh, it's a meandering, chaotic trip down the rabbit hole that is my mind. Seemingly pointless, but oddly satisfying, much like life itself. <laughs> Well, I stand corrected. Yeah, I can do it pretty good. Yeah. You know, Adam, Sonia Buckley had this one. It's like car talk without the car talk. Also, Adam Felber is on every show. Boy, that is a good point. No, it isn't. That is a fantastic. I can't believe we're still doing this. Here, here we are in the year 2020, and we're still doing that 2019 thing where the only thing listeners can think to say about me on the show is that I'm on it all the time. It's a high praise, Adam. High it is, praise. It's not. It is. It's barely fact, praise. Didn't that come from somebody's um, theme song? Yes. I can't think. Of, this somebody. Awful. Some. Somebody What's called. What's his name? Howard Starrett. Howard, Howard Starrett Star- called yes. you a genius in the in the in his song. Yeah, and he's then great. cracked down at the he's end. Great. And Adam Felber's in every show. Yeah, I I love uh, Howard. Um, okay. And he came to see me in Annapolis, uh, Maryland, not too long ago. And thank you, Howard. And he also brought me a beautiful hat and scarf, and he brought Adam a beautiful hat I wear that hat and scarf. It's really nice. So thank you for that, Howard. (laughs) Now, uh, you have another one there, Paul. I do. Connor Johnnan wrote, A cacophony of crazy characters and charades that push Adam Felber to pull out hair he no longer has. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. I think it's really true. At least I'm doing something other than just 
showing up in this oh, particular oh, description. Oh, by the way, and then he says, and he's on every show. He doesn't. Uh, he does. No, um, it doesn't say that. Okay, what did Bob Barbato say? Well, Bob Barbato describes our podcast like this. In outre badinage delivered viva voce by genius Poundstone and ever-present Felber with crinkling but no truckling. Wow, that is a fabulous one. Wow, that, that is really good. And uh, uses, Bob, you managed to get that, that thrown elbow at me uses, unexpectedly at the end there. He uses a lot of our vocabulary he words. He uses a lot of vocabulary words and some of our f- favorite tropes and uh, least favorite tropes. Uh, this week's word is magniloquent. Apparently he's no, no, been, can, he's continue been the song from there, please, Paula. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> That's helping you remember what magniloquent means. It is. Magniloquent, okay. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, if you have a show description, email it to us at nobodylistenstopaulpounson at gmail.com. And speaking of hotel soap, Paula, you're going to be on the road. Where are you going to be performing? You know, I hate promoting myself. It's the one part of my job I really dislike. So here in 2020, we're not going to do that anymore. Let's move on to our I'm going to be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, February 1st at the Pabst Theater. And I'll be in Johnson, Vermont on February 7th at the Dibden Center for the Arts, Northern Vermont University. All right. Well, that's you're going to be very uh, busy. Wasn't easy to say that. No, I didn't want to do it. You said it, and I, I, I want to mention that uh, Paula will have Paula Poundstone's pussy pillows available for sale at those events. Adam, Adam Felber, oh, it is no. a French trap. Oh, if I had a least favorite, <laughs> uh, so hand Adam Felber, the welder. Felber, the welder. Is that yeah. your is that your insult for me? It is. Mr. President, it is French Adam Felbert, the welder. Well, welcome to the show, French Trump. Thank uh, you very much. I'm French Trump. I don't even think impeachment is... is a dirty word to me. Impeachment is a dirty word. Impeachment. I cannot be briefed right now because I must use Twitter, 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 Twitter. <laughs> okay, well, I wasn't going to try to brief you anyway. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Oh, Melania, come in here. Wait, did you just call Melania? Melania, come in here. Why are you calling your wife? Uh, she's my wife, Adam Felber. I okay. have caramel needs. Melania, come in here. And you have f- caramel needs? Carnal needs. Melania, come in here and fulfill my carnal needs. Caramel needs. <laughs> Not caramel, you fool. Not oh, carnal needs. Carnal needs. I got it. Okay. Melania, come in. I'm in the blue room. Uh-oh. That's we just... We can do blue things in the blue room. That is, that is repulsive, French Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it was repulsive with caramel, yes, but not my carnal needs are normal for a man, and I'm a man, and I have big hands, and you know what that means. What does it mean in a hand puppet? Uh, big hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I thought it was. Yeah, okay. Big hands means big hands. What does it mean to you? You know what I want to do? What do you want to do, French Trump? I want to interview the whistleblower. The whistleblower? The whistleblower. You know I got less rights than the witches. Who the are, witches? The witches who are hung in Salem, Massachusetts, witch trial. I had, less, I had less rights than the witch trials. They had no rights, and they were burned to death at the stake, many of them. Well, or, that's or happening drowned. to me very slowly. And there's no such thing as slow. Look here at the charred part of my finger. Well, it is a little, a little, it's a little smudgy at one end. Is that you? I'm, I'm slowly being burned. It, it looks like you just wrote messily with a Sharpie. I was making a map. 
a map. <laughs> what were you making a map of, friends? I was making a map of the next storm. The next, the next storm. The next storm. The next storm. 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 To come uh, through the United States, it's going to hit many states. Storm. We. Oui. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to hit many states that we need to protect. Which, oh, I see what it's you're doing. It's going to hit Alabama. It's going to hit map. Pennsylvania. It's going to hit yeah. Wisconsin. Is it really? We. Oui. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. It will not hit Massachusetts. It will not hit California. Can't you come here for any reason, French Trump? I'm sorry. Uh, on our show just now. Uh, why? What was the meaning of this visit? I wanted to talk to you, Adam Felber, the welder. The welder? If you want to talk to me, why insult me at the same time? Adam Felber, the welder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, stop. Thanks for stopping by, Mr. Oh, President. Good to see you. Good to, good see, to you see you. Well. Vote for me. Vote for me. I won't. Uh, the impeachment is a dirty word. <laughs> I'm the best president there's ever been. The best president. The best president there's ever been. <laughs> All right, French Trump, everybody. All well, right. before I was interrupted, I was saying that uh, that you know, if you want to buy a Poundstone Pussy Pillow, oh, um, people should. You you should find a complete list of Paula's performances, uh, where is, which is the only place we're currently selling them. That's right. And you can find that at paulapoundstone.com. Now, and someday, really soon. We'll be selling those pussy pillows at paulapoundstone.com. We certainly hope so. Our technical people are working around the clock and have been for months. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to happen. You know, I'm I'm thinking of a promotion where uh, people buy a Poundstone pussy pillow and I snowplow their yard. I don't. I feel like you misunderstood some of our guest messages about how to build a small business. I don't think so. All right. Rich, rich, rich. We'll be back after this. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling (laughs) because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. (laughs) What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet 
parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's ASPCA. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Wilt Chamberlain said, My dick is actually tired. I didn't even know that could happen. Well, welcome back, all you nobodies. Um, wow. I know we don't tend to discuss the day in unremarkable history, but... Gee whiz, Paul. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, Paula, um, do you have any messages this week for people out there who might be listening to know we listen to Paula Poundstone and you know, I just do ran Adam. off the road? I do, Adam. <laughs> Maybe give them AAA's number or something? Adam, because I know I speak for both of us when I say that we love doing this podcast. We and because I know that the only way we can continue to make it is to reach more and more listeners. And because I know that the best way to do that is by word of mouth, each listener telling their friends and loved ones how much they enjoy listening to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast. And because I know that can be an awkward conversation, really? I have written some simple sample dialogue to Zamboni that rink. Okay, this is why I'm kind of sad that Michael left, because I think this is going to be a pretty good example of, uh, of a business model that isn't really working. Oh, no. The Simple Simple Dialogue has been the life's blood of, the, of growing the audience. Has it, um, though? Yeah, try this. Okay. Listener, congratulations on your new job writing for Pixar. Listener's friend, thanks. Listener, what are you doing with that rope and those scissors? Listener's friend, look over my head. See that anvil tied to this rope? I'm going to cut the rope right here, and that anvil is going to fall on my head and kill me. Jesus Christ. Listener, don't do that. What are you going to do that for? You've wanted this Pixar job since the company existed. Pixar and Disney are the gold standard of animated filmmaking. What on earth has happened to you? Listener's friend, you're right. I've wanted this job for years. I finally got the job, and everything has been animated already. Listener, No, it hasn't. Listener's friend. They did bugs. They did toys. They did fish. Hell, they did a spinoff of fish. Listener. How about cars? Oh, yeah. Still, listener's friend. They've done skeletons. They've done monsters. Jesus, they animated emotions. What else is there? Listener. What about 
dishes and furniture. Listener's friend, Beauty and the Beast, animated, real people, and a Broadway play. Listener, I see what you're saying. What's that? Listener's friend, it's a big poster of a car tunnel. I want you to hold it in front of a solid wall where a road runs out when I'm driving in that direction and I'm not expecting it. God damn it. Listener, I'm not going to do that. Let's just think for a minute. What about you could animate, uh, what about medical devices that stage a rebellion against unnecessary surgeries? Or houses that just up and leave rather than support gentrification? Or cleats that revolt against a sport that causes brain damage and just run in the other direction when a player tries to make a tackle? <laughs> Listener's friend, shh, what if somebody else hears and steals these ideas? I'm not sure they're exactly right, but I give you credit for thinking outside the box. How do you do it? I just feel hopeless. This is simple sample dialogue. Listener, (laughs) I've never told you this before because it felt awkward. See, Adam? But I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, and I laugh and laugh, and I even learn something sometimes. Paula has a wonderful vocabulary song that has really helped words like sesquipedalian stick in my head. Anyway, I just feel more creative, more open to possibilities as a result. Listener's friend, wow, I'm going to listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, too. See, Adam? Uh, wow, Paula, that's a great simple sample dialogue. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people and gain us a bunch of listeners when they use that dialogue yeah. where appropriate. Yeah. All of you people that use that dialogue successfully, could you get in touch with us? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Write, write in. Let us know how well that specific simple sample dialogue fit into your life yeah. when you... We're finally hired by Pixar and then tried to kill yourself because all the good animated <laughs> ideas had been done. And your friend comes in and tells you about nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. When that happens to you, <laughs> listeners, all of you, please take the time to write us in, write, write into us and let us yeah, know. Absolutely. You know, and there's going to be a lot, so don't expect us to respond right we away. Can't un- we can't reply to every single one of you who gets hired by Pixar, attempt suicide, and then is exposed to our podcast. Yeah. Maybe one be, or two of you. It's going to be like a waterfall. It's going to be like a, like a t- yeah, it's going to be a lot of them. A lot of them. I'm excited about it. Me too. <laughs> All right, nobodies. Remember again, our email address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can buy my remarkably soft tripolyblend t shirt with the self portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back at paulapoundstone.com. That is our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Michael Hoagie. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Kelly Phelan. You were great, man. Really appreciate you. And thanks to our guest, Michael Chaslow. Security muscle was not provided by Tyler, the Studio City behemoth Burke. He's not here tonight. It was Tony Anita Hulk. Woo! <laughs> Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Well, Chamberlain. 
uh, he said in his autobiography that he had sex with a lot of women. I, I think he estimated something like 10,000. It was like 10,000. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, over time, it can tire the penis. Huh. He didn't know that. I didn't know that until... Because yeah. you uh, found that quote. Yeah, I found that quote on... Uh, it was, you know, it was not remarkable history. No. It was on You'd this day. It. On this day in unremarkable history. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even know that could happen. Star Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.